Well, hello everyone, it's Shahid here and welcome to another Creative Floor Awards podcast. Please don't miss out on our early bird deadline, which is the 11th of February. Well, we're season four, which is quite phenomenal. I can't believe we're in our fourth year of our podcast and we have a really, really brilliant lineup for you today. For those of you who do listen to our podcast, you might remember a really fantastic episode that we hosted last year called Forecast and it is available wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't listened to it. We had such amazing feedback from it that we've got the same panel back again. So we have... Oh, hello. Is that, is that, is that Jeremy? Jeremy, hello. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I had to go and get a laptop. I, I do all my stuff on my phone through mm. Zoom, so I just... This is going oh, no to be worries. Simple. Well, thank you. Just came in just in time. You don't need to see a picture. No, no, no. Here, this right? is just audio. It's a podcast, so it's um, yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant! <laughs> oh, even better. Oh. Okay. Jeremy yeah, could have just phoned us in. <laughs> I tried to do that. <laughs> then I looked at the link and it said, "Go to Timbuktu and stick your finger in your ear and blow down his whistle." I thought, "Oh no, it's not a Zoom call." <laughs> Anyway, I no, no, it's fine. So... This is really good. I might just keep this in in the intro, actually, because it's sort of, you know, <laughs> everyone's here with us. Well, actually, why don't we just go to you, Jeremy, because you're here. Welcome, Jeremy, Jeremy this... head of technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, calling all the way yeah, from yeah. Australia, the advertising global legend, I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast will know, the fantastic Jeremy Perot. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> Happy New Year. Well, yeah, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and looking forward and always planning ahead. Happy Easter. Oh, yeah, well, that's a good shout. That's a really good shout. And, yeah, and, and Happy Easter to you, Selwyn, the founder and uh, creative direct, co-founder, sorry, and uh, creative director of Lab. How are yes, you? Yes, and, and I'm very good, and happy Christmas 2022 to everybody, then. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're looking that it. far ahead. <laughs> uh, and for 2023, I'm just thinking, no. Yeah, no, yeah. it's all good, all good. Um, still in business, happily plodding along. Yeah, raking in those millions, no doubt. Yeah, several. Yeah, which is a good segue, going from millions to Mr. Frank Walters, um, another advertising legend and guru. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, Shahid. Hi, everyone. And uh, yeah, I'm still alive and kicking, as they say. Uh, not necessarily doing a lot of... Um, advertising these days but continuing to work in a sort of creative level i'm painting yeah and i'm running regular watercolor this is where my plug comes in frankwatercolors.com <laughs> come, come and join come and learn learn how to paint see the world in a different way yeah no it's really good <laughs> seriously i'm enjoying it i still keep in touch with a lot of good friends of mine in the advertising industry so I've still got a handle on sort of things that are going on, and I think people have coped incredibly well during the lockdown um, with their ad agencies. And in a way, it's surprising. I'm going to be asking a few questions from the guys still working in the industries. How are they doing? How, how, how do you manage to work under lockdown conditions? Is Zoom taking over? Many, I've got many questions. Anyway. Cool. Yeah, well, all to come, all to come in this episode. And then finally, we head over to Maidenhead. Is that where you are, Aid? Adrian Parr? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful place. Adrian Parr, who is the Executive Creative Director of the Link Health Group. Welcome. Thank again. you, Shahid. Yeah, yeah, all, um, all new for me. Uh, starting all over again, uh, <laughs> which, is, which, is, uh, which is a challenge, but it's, uh, it's a great challenge. I'm really loving it. Um, Working with uh, Link Health Group, the 
Uh, healthcare is probably only ever virtual agency um, of any significance anyway. Um, big old group with uh, about 50 people, um, but growing, rapidly expanding. And um, I'm also um, setting up an advertising arm within that. It's mostly, a, uh, mostly famed at the moment for its uh, medcoms work. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I'm setting up an advertising arm within that um, called Republica and um, that's up and running at the moment, yet to be advertised um, on LinkedIn. But, um, yeah. but yeah, um, all good, all good. Fantastic, amazing. Well, it's great to have you all here because, you know, last year when we recorded this, um, Jeremy was, I think you were making TV ads across Australia and you were in a desert somewhere, so you couldn't join us. So it's amazing to have the original forecast back together um, in 2022, which always seems, even just saying that sounds really strange. But anyway, we're here in 2022. So I guess it would be really fantastic to maybe just kick off and we can just open it up um, just in terms of how the last 12 months have been for everyone and you know any learnings any insights and I think for everyone listening to this pod- podcast I think what everyone really really benefited from the last one was apart from all the funny stories and all the funny jokes because you've got such a wealth of experience and knowledge between all of you put together any predictions for for the year any any sort of um, any thoughts that you think that people should really kind of maybe consider and just just your general overview of where you think things are heading and any warning signs would be fantastic so does that all sound okay to everyone? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, let's go yeah, to absolutely. let's go to Australia. How was it? How how's everything <sighs> been for you, Jeremy? It's been quite a while since um anyone's really heard from you. <clears throat> What's been going on? Yeah, no one calls me. <laughs> no, no one calls me. Can't get hold of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that while I'm looking out at a sunset to the ocean. There's a nice five foot swell sitting out there, which has been there all day. And that that uh, wind chime isn't mine. If you could hear that, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was. But um, <laughs> look, for, this last this last twelve months for me, I've I've literally I, I don't know how to put this. Um, I don't want to sound like a born again Christian. I certainly don't want to sound like a uh, a hack that's uh, seen the bright light. But maybe I am a hack that saw the bright light. But it took twelve months to get my shit together and get my head round what it is that makes us all tick and, and makes things happen. So these questions of um, what's it going to be like and what are the predictions going to be and what, what are the problems, et cetera, mine will be very different because where Selwyn and Adrian uh, are fortunate to still be working within the industry uh, and Frank's found his karma doing watercolours, which I look with envy every time I open up and see LinkedIn another Although, Frank, I can't see the numbers there anymore, so I guess that's pretty good that you can't see those numbers to paint on. But <laughs> I always always marvel at more. No, no, Jeremy, those, Jeremy, Jeremy, those really no, big numbers no. you can see, they're the prices he's put on yeah. his paintings. Oh! I couldn't believe that was Prussian blue on every time I put my paintings. Anyway, uh, so I marvel with what Frank's doing. And while I... Look with envy where Selwyn and Adrian are, particularly with them starting their own shows or having their shows been running for a while. Um, it made me think, well, you know, I'm driving my wife nuts. I'm driving my kids nuts. Um, I'm driving me nuts. And um, I realize I'm still 18, but I've got a face of a 72-year-old and I need to get some therapy. So what I decided to do was actually start listening to my heart, following my gut, 
and um, just letting shit happen. And oddly enough, without, um, as Richard Branson says, opportunity comes along, but just because the cows are in the paddock with full udders doesn't mean they're going to milk themselves. So part of the talent is seeing the opportunity and making making that your thing. So for me, this last 12 months, I um, became creative director, non-exec partner of a film group, an Indigenous film group in, in Australia where we pitched an idea I had, which was to have or create Australia's first creative department made up of award-winning contemporary Aboriginals from film, theatre, dance, music, writing, etc., and have them as a collaborative and to go to market with this eclectic group uh, and pick out, you know, big corporations and say, here's the opportunity to work with an undefined creative uh, uh, collective with solutions that you wouldn't get from a generic advertising agency. And um, that's kind of how the first project for Tourism Australia happened. And so moving on with that and getting that off the ground, which sort of ticks over now, um, I've been approached by a guy who's been hounding me for a while and I said, I never want to go back into the conventional world again, but if I am going to start something, it has to be something that is on our terms. So uh, I think in about two weeks' time, it gets launched, and I was just doing a soft sell on LinkedIn. And basically, it's called H4G, and it's called Here for Good. And Here for Good means we only work with um, not-for-profit organizations, and we're a company that is virtual, and our principle is we're not here to make a profit. We're here to earn what we believe we earn on our hourly rate. And when we go to market with a scope of work, all work commission goes directly, the bills go directly to the client, not through me, to get loaded and get skimmed. It goes straight to clients. So I'm not loading costs. I'm not making money off the work. I'm only making uh, an, an income coming from my hourly rate and my input on the work and the IP that I've created. And so. That that in itself, with with comment like anti corporate or de corporate and anti profit, and uh, a principle of when we told the accountant what we wanted to do, he promptly fired us. That became our selling point. That we're serious. We just don't want to make a profit. And that be, that's become the more we talk about it to clients, the more people have latched on with this idea of, so you're not going to take us for a ride. We know you're going to make X out of this amount of money. And we say, no, we're here to make, to make our hourly rate and make sure this work comes to life. And here's the clinch, clincher. <clears throat> we don't do any advertising on ourselves, but what we will do is whether we have $5, 5000 or 50000 left over after a working budget, to an agreed charity beforehand with the client, whatever we have left in the budget gets handed over to that, that charity. And that becomes our PR. And that becomes our promise that we'll always deliver inside the budget so that the client will always have a feel-good factor about what it is they're delivering. So when you asked before, Shahid, you know, what are the predictions? For me, there are two predictions coming up. Um, and this COVID thing has probably been the shaker we've all been looking for. But I do believe there is a different wave of thinking coming through through a much younger generation. And that's that's a wave that's all about how am I going to do good by doing better so I can produce great that has an impact with my audience? In other words, how do I do a better job without raping the client and taking away and working for an institution that's only financially driven? And it's really interesting how many people out of college, 
or in other corporations right now who are sitting there disillusioned, when they read something like that, they want to join. And I've got no money. I can't make a profit. I can't hire you. But I can employ you to be part of something if you're willing to put an hourly rate in and work in that respect. And that's where I've heard, read, and felt a major turn. So I think now is the time where doing good for a purpose or purpose is the reason for working rather than get a job, get a qualification, get a house, make sure you climb the corporate ladder. I think that's going to take a, a second gear and get to reverse somewhere. And so I think off the back of that, in the, in the health world, um, and I've felt this for a very long time, and Adrian will know because we were trying to create this about five years ago, having a creative director of science. Science really is where the new cool is in healthcare. Science is the predictor. Health was the reactor. Dear doctor, I've got a sore throat. Yeah, have this medication. Pharma and health. Pharma had the drugs so the doctor could give you something to fix yourself, but science can predict it's coming so you can be prepared for it and be ready for it and not have to tolerate it by getting well again. You can stay well if you understand the science, which is why I think where Adrian's sitting right now, and so on, forgive me, I'm not all that au fait with your work, but I, I would imagine you're in that same domain where science and the science facilitators are now at the very front, particularly now when you talk about in the news, we follow the science, say most politicians, because they know it's the easy way out. That's exactly where people's heads are. They're happy to read what's on the packaging, but what does the science have to say about it? So, um, yeah, I don't want to bore the crap out of everybody, but that's kind of where my epiphany came from over the last 12 months. With this H4G program, which sounds you know, a no-brainer for most clients, I imagine, and most people wanting to be part of it, do you put within your contract or your deal that you kind of have a greater autonomy on what gets made? Because obviously you're sacrificing quite a bit. Yeah, so uh, look, there are two ways out because <clears throat> you have to respect that a lot of not-for-profits will have a Saatchi Sydney in there or BBDO or whatever doing their work. And um, I'm being very cynical here, but where I used to sit sometimes, the not-for-profits were the excuse for the agency to do uh, scam work or work that was never really real or work that they felt was award-winning. So they had one agenda, which was to get award-winning work through that charity because they needed the work and if we didn't do it, who else is going to do it? So if, I, if I'm if i briefed on something and I come back with a solution, um, the solution will be presented with a, with a bill and at that point it's either going to be let go so they can give it off to their traditional suppliers or they can sit with us and agree a scope of work that we follow through to deliver on what our original vision was, which will be part of the agreement. Cool. Yeah. So, yes, we, we are getting agreement up front that if you want to follow through with us and all the people who have worked up with us to get you where you are today, this is how it will go forward. Because there's no point having a vision if they change the lens. They sound, and they um, undoubtedly are going to be incredible initiatives and platforms do you think like having that time and space of being in a sort of pandemic obviously allowed you to just maybe as you say find yourself go with your heart and kind of just do something so amazing I mean it almost I mean I'm sort of answering my own question here but it, it almost felt feels like you sort of really made the most of, of the of the space that sort of the pandemic has created for a lot of people 
I think so, Shahid. We spoke um, shortly after I had the car crash, yeah. and I was still pretty beaten up yeah. and, and uh, pretty emotional. And um, I wouldn't be a human if I didn't say I still get very emotional about about all of that. But you have to suck it in, grow up, and, and move on because you know no one else gives a shit. So I could either fold up and go gardening, but every time I looked at a flower, I killed it. So that wasn't going to work. And I kept waiting for the phone to call, but no one's going to call someone who's been through shit, and they're going to go, well, he's off, so you know, keep on moving. I always look at the analogy which when you drive down a road and you see a cross on the side of the road with some flowers, somebody's life finished right there on that spot, right then. A split second before, they were probably thinking about what they are going to do in the weekend or answering a text, but it's all over. But you go past that cross, you may notice it, you may recognize it, when I say not regularly, you may register it, but you're still doing over the speed limit. You're still bundling down the road doing your shit because there's nothing more important in the world than what you're doing. So to wait for someone to come to me, to wait for my phone to call, just to wait, to hope, was pointless. And so um, thankfully um, we all have a gut and we all have a heart and we all have common sense, although if you look around, common sense isn't so, so popular. But we generally have the gears and the levers to drive us where we want to be. And, yeah, I, I think what happened to me was is that I was able to stand back enough. I didn't tell you, I'm also the um, vice president of a regional art gallery, and I rebranded that and relaunched it. There are 10 resident artists working in there, and I, and I started talking to them like I talked to the agency, and these guys are going, we've never been spoken to like that, and we're all individual creative people, but, boy, we want to have our exhibitions, and we want to do everything you're telling us, and how's it all going to happen? And I suddenly thought, fuck, what have I done? But I did what I used to do in my job, which was I got more motivated to do stuff, and that made them feel great. Well, that that sidetracked me, but it also kept me away from looking backwards. It, it just kept me looking down the highway of, well, what's down there? And um, I'm actually enjoying walking down the highway without dragging an axe behind me, but just walking down the highway. And um, it's a cool road. And I think if anybody's in or is in or has been or in similar places or just in disillusionment of what to do next, it really is that healthy thing of, step back, just stand to the side, let all the nuts go racing past you. And when you're ready, you don't have to run, just step back on again and start walking at your own speed. And interestingly enough, clarity takes over. And then you allow your brain just to be as it used to be. And you can let go of all the negativity. You can't let go of it completely. And by the way, you need negativity to balance out all the harmony. Otherwise, you can be complete and absolute fool. But So always stay paranoid, folks. Stay paranoid and stay healthy. But that paranoia, that insecurity has always been with me and that's kind of where I let that flourish a little bit. Not deliberately, but what else was I going to do? And when you have an idea and you talk about it and people's eyeballs light up and they go, well, when are you going to do it? You think, shit, I better do it. And so it's not going to happen on its own. So I had to do what Richard Branson said. I got a little stool, I got a bucket and I went out to the first cow and I milked it. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, I didn't get kicked. So, uh, yeah, working on yogurt right now. <laughs> I, uh, I left a, a very large network agency. And I had a little bit of time out, actually. And it was possibly the, the, the best thing um, that's happened to me in 20-odd years, you know. And I think Jeremy's right. You know, when you're, when you're hard at it, you've got your head down and you're, you know, going forward and all the rest of it. 
it's, it's suddenly that, like having the luxury of taking a little bit of time out and, and having that reassessment and going, well, actually, is this any good for me? Can I keep doing this? Is it, is it right? Am I enjoying this? You know, you ask yourself all those questions and all of a sudden you kind of realize, actually, maybe there is an alternative. And the alternative is basically to, you know, sit down, realize, reassess um, your life as it stands. And I think we've all had the, a sort of, I wouldn't say the luxury of it, but actually we've been forced into doing this with the, with the, with the pandemic and, um, and realizing your self-worth. Um, I think as a, you know, there's, a, there's certainly in the last, last couple of, last couple of years, um, at my network, I, I, I didn't really feel as if I had any sort of self-worth really. Um, it was a very sort of difficult time um and you know it's uh, yeah these things happen in advertising and I, I i suddenly thought well is this really for me and um and it, and it kind of wasn't in the end i sort of fell out of love with it a bit and then having that little bit of time off and realizing that actually you know there is a i can still do what i want to do but just do it in a different manner and a different way so i set up this um very much like jeremy sort of set up this 300 strong thing and then sort of fell into um fell into working with a group of people that kind of had the same values and the same, probably had the same um, wake up call um, and had already done it um, in as much that when I started working with Link Health Group, um, I suddenly realized that actually their business philosophy and the way that they approach stuff is, was very similar to where I was. And um, yeah, it was a bit of a marriage made in heaven, to be honest. And they were, um, in a in a sort of medcomsy sort of space where they have consulting, they have insights, and it's a it's a, it's an American and um, uh, UK company. Never had an office, so they don't have shareholders. They don't have um, um, you know, they don't don't have quite a lot of things actually. Um, but it's but it's really nice. They're like um, renegades, really, um, and they've been doing it for like seven years. So this whole model of you know going to an office and doing that commute and you know i think you sort of train your brain into getting on a train at maidenhead ending up at paddington getting on a, uh, getting on the bakerloo line you know traveling on the underground coming up the other end going to work do a day in and day out for 20 odd years all of a sudden it becomes normal when it stops you're kind of a bit lost so so yeah jeremy's jeremy's right that sort of little period of dusting yourself down and going what we're going to do is um uh is is really good for the soul um and so yeah i started working with these guys and suddenly realized that um and again following the science that these 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 people they but we call ourselves it's quite it's a bit bit big-headed but i do think they do actually they 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 so we are the creators of um curators of healthcare's finest minds they've got the most cleverest people there um and medcoms obviously you know it's it's you know it's full of phds and very clever people but they're nice with it and um it's a very collaborative organization because it has to be because it's virtual um it's it's officeless um kind of think the word virtual is a bit weird because it's kind of wrong it's um it actually exists uh, but it doesn't have an office and um as I said, we've uh, we've opened up um, a, a, a medcoms, uh, sorry, a, um, an advertising arm to it called Republica, which I'm sort of heading up now, and um, and yeah, all the all the stars have aligned, um, uh, you know, starting starting from scratch, um, and 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 really really enjoying it. It's uh, um, I think one of the first things I sort of did was um, realise that 
working virtually is slower. Um, it's not like you can wander over someone's desk and say, well, don't, don't do that, do this, or, um, uh, you know, have, have meetings around tables. That's the one thing I think, which is, um, which is, which is different. Um, but you know, I think I'll, is it, uh, is it, what's it, who's the guy that runs Facebook in his metaverse? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. Well, is it, you know, we're already in a metaverse, really, if you think about it. Um, it's just that we haven't got funny little avatars representing us. But um, we, 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 sort of, we sort of run it in this sort of virtual way. Everything's done on Teams and, um, and Zoom calls and stuff like that. And we do meet up, obviously. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, I'm not getting out of bed and spending 30 quid on a train fare anymore. So I'm saving a bit of money, um, which everybody is. I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that, you know. Uh, no, I was just wondering where, when you do meet up, Adrian, is there any particular place you like to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, we go to Marlow sometimes, uh, which is just down the road. Very handy for me. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it's it's really great. And um, as I said, you know, they're, they're a very sort of um, fearless company, I suppose it's their background. I mean, they, they did the virtual thing before, you know, seven years before everybody else had to. Um, and they, they have no intention of like, like going to an office. And so, and so this whole thing is, it's really, you know, of the, of the moment really, but they've been doing it for ages. So they know what they're doing. Um, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And as I said, you know, they're, they're clever, clever people. Um, one of the things I was really impressed with is the way they answer questions and they don't necessarily answer, um, the questions that the client poses. Um, so the client will think they've got something, um, that they need to do. Um, and yes, yeah, sometimes they're right, but sometimes they're completely wrong. And a lovely thing about the, the way they work, um, or the, and, and is, is to not necessarily seek the problem that the pro the client has It's to find the reason behind the problem, um, which I found really, really refreshing. So that whole scope of work thing that you have to do in an agency is kind of out the window. Yes, there is a scope of work, but actually the scope of work might necess- might not necessarily be the scope of work. So, so yeah, it's um, it's 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 really new, really different. And as I said, you know, the advertising arm is like the the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle, which will um, uh, which will which will fix everything up. And you know, as Jeremy says, following the science, I do think that. Healthcare did go through a period of um, you know people running down beaches with uh, their arms in the air with um, a logo at top left, a logo at the bottom right hand corner, and a headline at the top. I think that that world's gone, and I think you know the idea of science becoming sexy and following the science, and you know all those all those words that um, Chris Whitty and John Claude Van Tam. Um, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting because everybody's woken up to this. And actually, I don't want to be I don't want to be told how good something is. I want to be able to understand why it's good. And I think that to me is the is the future. It's 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 not necessarily. I mean, you, take, you know, use a car analogy. You know, most cars shots are you know shot on the Amalfi Coast with a you know. Uh, uh, in, in the sunshine, driving down. It's only Audi, really, that, that that focus on a feature and talk about, you know, why why a headlight is, um, you know, why a headlight turns or why a uh, um, uh, around a corner, or why the uh, 
why there's a, a, a zone around which um, bleeps if something gets too close to you and talk about a feature and why that's good. And I think this is, this is kind of the new trend. If you look on LinkedIn now, I would say that most um, agencies, network agencies and agencies, they're looking for scientists. They're not looking for art directors. You know, they're, they're, the, majority, the majority of them are looking for scientists and everything's traveling backwards towards science. But the lovely thing about creative is that we now, it used to be two separate separate entities. Now it's about making the science sexy. And, um, and that's where I come in. Yeah, I, th- I think I, 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 you're, I think you're you're so right. I, I've worked in medcoms for a number of years, and it was always it's a it's it's a gold mine of creative opportunities really that hasn't been tapped yet. Because because predominantly those agencies make their money by by incredible data that's just basically PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. You're probably living this, but my observation was just taking those a page of that PowerPoint, you can create one hell of a story. Yeah. I mean, uh, people probably don't know this, but you know, when we did The Boy I Used to Know, which is about 10 years old now, that was working directly with a medical comms agency. That wasn't an advertising brief or ask. That was literally from a PowerPoint deck. The, it's a gold mine. I'm sure you're going to love it for sure. What was interesting, or well, all of it was interesting, but you know, when I'm sort of listening between you and, and Jeremy and just reflecting on like the last year, I think a lot of people have lost had lost their jobs and I think as creative people you know when you talk about insecurity and you talk about self-worth I mean I mean I've certainly you know experienced that myself I think we all do at a certain point in our life and you kind of get to the point where you're like well I'm not an accountant you know I'm not a lawyer I can't really do anything like I can't I'm not a plumber I I mean Mm -hmm. what we do is amazing like it is so powerful because we can think of ideas that can change the world or they can create businesses or they can create anything right but when you're in that sort of I don't know what the word is like this sort of funk <laughs> and you're just sort of there going well what do I actually do I mean certainly as sort of like an art director you're kind of there going well you know I had designers you know they're better typography you know I used photographers used filmmakers what do I actually do and, and the moment you sort of don't have a routine of getting off from Paddington or whatever it is and just sort of sat at home you're in a pandemic so no one's allowed to really go out you can't really socialize with your mates you can't really go and see people in the same way you can't go and have a beer it just took time and you guys just sort of came out of it but was there a turning point for either of you that made you just go okay I'm back or my confidence is back or or what was was there a moment yeah um Adrian do you want to go first or shall I shall I just shoot my mouth go on off? Jeremy you shoot your mouth off right. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I wish there was a moment Shahid that you can say Right now, it's all it's all fixed. It's all done. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll take the drink. I'll drink the yogurt. I'll eat the steak. I'm all good. But it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And I think anybody that suffers from depression, anybody that suffers from any kind of emotional, um, and these aren't disorders, these are real feelings, you can feel it coming on. You can feel it going away. And... Just as the corporation used to or your company used to make you feel fantastic, it can do the exact opposite and not even give a shit about what's gone through your head or through your mind and the ramifications of that. So when you've come out of self-analysis and you look back and try and figure out how do I fix myself, you're already on that road of recovery. But the best thing in the world to do is never look back You should never look back except for one thing, only to see how far you've come. 
And that big thing in the sky that was your biggest focus, that giant ball of flame called my company, in time becomes just a zit on an elephant's ass. And if you look at the universe, it's, fill, it's flooded with stars and it's full of opportunity. And that's where people, if they could, just think for a second, grab one of those because one of those gazillions up there has your name on it. And the, 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 the wonder part about it all is, why didn't I do this before? And here's the tragedy. It usually takes a cathartic moment in people's lives of a dramatic turn in their life to turn to something very different or to find an inner strength to do something they never thought they could do. This is where I don't want to sound like a born-again Christian. But funnily enough, we're all made from flesh, meat, and water. We all cry, piss, and shit. At the end of the day, we're called human. And somewhere in all of this, we dig deep and we become stronger. And in all of that, you, could, you discover and you become happier. I'm writing an article at the moment for, um, for Harvard Business um, Review, and it's titled, I Didn't Know I'm Happy. And it's because I fucking genuinely did not realize right now I'm actually very happy. And, I, and I'd spent too much time dwelling on why was I why was I not like this before? What, hap- what's go- what happened to me? Poor old me, whatever. It's gone. It's gone. And now when you take control and you realize that before, just as you're saying before about the art director who jumps on the train and catches a bus and jumps on a tube in the cab and now he's in his office, he's questioning what the fuck is he doing in his life, you discover purpose. And in that purpose, you find that the things that you are doing aren't necessarily things that you were trained to do. And those things that are making you happy are the things that you can now do. And your whole time getting here isn't wasted. This was just simply part of the journey to discover that that was not quite right, but where you are now is perfect. So work and polish on that. I don't want to, I can't harp on this too much because it just sounds like I'm some kind of nutcase polishing, you know, pyramids somewhere. But um, the truth of the matter is once you get control of yourself and you will be in control of yourself when you realize your company was controlling everything about you, how you work, where you work, when you work, how much you earn yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you genuinely felt that you owed them something, now you don't have to feel that way. Now you don't have to work that way. And so this discovery of your inner self, your strength and your ability is really important and people shouldn't shy away from the fact they should go looking for it. And while they're sitting at the desk or on the train pondering whether or not it was worthwhile going in for a fucking leaflet the client's going to chuck chuck in the bin, think about what is it you'd love to be doing. I don't know if you guys – this is the last thing I'll say. I was reading this – I'm sorry, listening to this podcast about this particular author who said basically there are – I think there are five things in life to be aware of. First of all, there's your dream. Then there's your job. Then there's your occupation. Then there's your career, and then there's your vocation, your calling. And her dream was to be a storyteller. Her job was stacking books in a bookstore. Her occupation eventually became a cadet on a newspaper. Her career became an editor. And eventually, she started getting her books published. So her vocation became her storytelling, which oddly enough, was her original dream. And now she's a world 100, 
top 100 author writing books for, for children and is a, is a top author. So in simplistic terms, the lesson there for me was, and I remember saying this and I probably should never have said it, but a couple of times toward the end or closer to my car crash, I said, geez, you know, I, I don't even know why I'm here anymore. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even understand what my value and worth is here except just to turn up sometimes and be here to talk to people. And I'd lost my focus as a creative person. I'd lost my understanding of what I really was doing, what I was supposed to do. Somebody else knew it. Somebody else valued it. Somebody else knew that that's what they needed from me. But nobody bothered telling me. So that was my, my I guess, my reflective learning process. So while I look after a gallery of artists and while I started a small company called, well, badly called H4G, um, all those things have helped me polarize myself into what I'm really good at. And it's, um, it's not necessarily creativity. It's probably more important than that. And that's, that's what I've really enjoyed about the, this, this whole exercise of discovery this last 36 months. Yeah, amazing. It's quite the rebirth, eh? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't birth me, but, you know, it's been a process for somebody. Selwyn, I mean, I think out of all of us, you're the only one since the last time we, we spoke has sort of maintained, it, well, in the same place, I guess, because you're in your own company. <laughs> so how's it all been for you? Yeah, I, I mean, when I started, uh, um, when we started this podcast this morning, I was thinking, yeah, I don't really know what's what's changed it's much the same i still have the job but it's very different when you work for yourself i think and it's um i I do go into the office reasonably often now and um i enjoy coming up out of piccadilly circus tube station and looking up shaftesbury avenue and seeing the windows of my office hopefully with lights on which means that there were staff in before me uh I get I get pleasure from that. It's very simple. Um, I think that the work for a while was a bit flat. Um, this thing of epiphany and rebirth. When Adrian um, was talking about uh, his agency, uh, you know, and he's talked to me about it before, and we've we've met up a few times. So I was sort of quite jealous. I remember when we set up the agency a few years ago, ten years ago, that. Um, it, it, it was quite exciting, and and I was sort of envious of Adrian going through that whole process of uh, of starting again because you know if you're I don't know uh, it, it's not really starting again in in some senses all the things that you've ever done in your life come to a, a, a point you start again it's all of that knowledge all of that experience all of those mistakes they all so you're starting again you're building again maybe uh yeah, but, but it's it's you know you i think it's very rewarding and we we sort of had a different thing going on for a while things were very flat you know a lot of zoom calls a lot of coming into the office really just to get out of the house but not a lot recently in the last few months um maybe six months we've uh actually maybe going back a year we've hired new people we've got more staff but They've been younger predominantly, and um, I, what I've really enjoyed is 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 a sort of a, a watershed moment in my head, anyway, 
of not worrying about whether they're any good or, or, or bad or somehow trying to make them a version of myself, you know, which I could imagine a lot of people would be horrified at. Heaven, heaven forbid, <laughs> but But actually just going the other way and saying, let's see what these guys can do. Let's, let's step back from making the agency take my prescriptive plan of its future and let these people's sort of skills or passions or, or failings shape the agency. So that may be quite a horrifying thing, but it's refreshing in some ways. Um, you know, I've been, I've been, we've, you know, we've got, we've got a hired account handlers recently and one or two of them are, want to do, want to be involved in creative work. And that seems ridiculous. So how do you have a suit who's also, uh, uh, you know, wants to do illustration or art direction or whatever, but, but why not? Let's rather than try and pigeonhole that person into the, or put that person into the pigeonholes we already existing. So rather than pigeonhole people, let's celebrate their, their, celebrate sounds a bit wanky doesn't it let's enjoy and let's make the most of these talents and let them see let us see where it takes us what the hell what's the worst that can happen yeah that's really that's really cool and have you have you found it like busier over in 2021 have you have you grown have you shrunk you know how have you found it all uh i i think we've we've grown um, our revenue um I, I feel very worthless compared to um uh jeremy's um, non-profit <laughs> you know i've still got a mortgage so i'm having to make a profit <laughs> and frank are you still there i'm gonna sleep sorry i yeah, yeah i was having a little nap <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's been a while since um we sort of spoke to you or even said hello yeah i guess it's just say same question to you really like how you know obviously you know you're kind of not in in day-to-day you know creative department pressures and running agencies anymore and you're clearly making some amazing watercolors but you know how have you been and you know what's your perception been of the industry and the creative work over the last 12 months yeah we've obviously gone through a, a bit of a, a massive change haven't we uh in 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 every respect going right down to cultures and the way behaviors and and everything else and you know i've worked spent my life working in advertising and uh you know listening to to the boys, to Jeremy. Jeremy had some, you know, fantastic views on, on, on self worth. You know, on on why we do things and 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 what life means to us. And those things are quite important. And especially when you hit that sort of that moment of change, there is a moment of change. I mean, I've got to be honest. For me, it was really basically a, a number of things. It was basically age. You know, I. I, I didn't want to be old in advertising. I didn't want to sort of keep doing it. I just felt that the advertising is great, and I think every all young people need to need to have a focus and they need to have a feel a passion for something. And I think it's the passion. I know that everyone here, I know certainly for Jeremy, Adrian, and, and Selwyn, and, and yourself, Shahid, we, we've all got that passion. We're all creative. And here we are extolling the virtues of science. <laughs> Ooh, haven't we changed? Yeah. Um, anyway, no, it all makes sense. The science bit, I get it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, one of the things I'm really interested in um, is, again, with human nature, human behavior. I've been sort of lucky in a way that we have something called Zoom, and I've been using that uh, with my art. And by the way, when I paint... Painting has a narrative too. It's not just a 
a pretty picture using colors and values. It's, it's also, it also has a narrative and it has a meaning. And that can be well expressed with my students and often is. Um, but one of the things that's important that I found using Zoom is that you still have a human contact. And this is why I was interested in listening to uh, Adrian's view of his virtual agency, because I know one of the things we used to discuss, I'm sure we all discuss this, is the is, is, is the human element uh, when we're talking to client. You know, I always felt advertising was a people's business. You know, when when Mike Paling and I went to client, we went to Pfizer or whatever, they, they'd enjoyed talking to us as individuals, not necessarily the corporation of Paling Waters, but they liked, they just liked coming, having a chat, you know, and it's that human bond that's really important. And I, I'm sort of wondering how those things in the new world, as, as we know it with virtual agencies, that human bond is still working. I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure it has to, because we're all human beings at the end of the day. Um, and I, it was, it was really interesting, um, again, uh, with Jeremy's his, his heart, is following his, his, his gut instinct, you know, which is which is really quite important because we all have that. We all have an inner feeling about what it is we want to do. Um, and I just wanted to occupy my mind. When I sort of retired from advertising, I thought I've sort of done more or less everything I wanted to do, but I don't want my life to suddenly end. I don't want to retire and put on the old, pipe and slippers and go out golf although golfing does sound quite interesting to me i quite like the idea of spending a life on a golf course but we all have to occupy our mind we all need to have a purpose in life and i was lucky in a way um because i went to art college and i, I learned how to paint very young and i've always maintained that and now i'm using it in a different way but when when i'm when i'm teaching my watercolor painting with all the techniques and and values and attributes and all the other things. It's I feel like I'm 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 still in advertising. <laughs> Nothing has really changed for me, and it it's quite strange. I haven't sort of taken this sort of back seat where I'm not really involved anymore. I'm very content, and I'm as content as I feel Jeremy is content. Jeremy said he's never been happy in his life. He's probably right because he's gone through an experience that has helped him to reassess to reassess you know and, and and adrian was talking about that bit about getting on the train getting on the ch i know that feeling i've been i've been doing that for 40 years and and you sometimes wonder so you need to have a dream i think it's important for people to live in the here and the now i think this is my advice to everyone live in the here and now, enjoy it have a purpose ask questions Enjoy the journey. We only get one shot, shot at this. You know, we're only here once. Enjoy the journey, and and have some and think about what it what it is you want to do as you start progressing in life. You know, have a little bit of a goal. You don't just push the boat out and go on a, a voyage without having a final destination planned. You know, you got to you got to get the charts out and and, and work out a. <laughs> You know, you got a, you got a, a passive you got a, plan, you, Frank. Well, well, it's a passive plan. You know, you've you've got to in life. I think you you. Some people are content. Yeah, I'll just go out and just carry on and live, live the life. I'll eat, I'll drink, I'll. You know, I I eat. I mean, I've been eating too much to be honest with you. I, 
you know, I mean, Jeremy's heart follows his gut. I, my gut has been following my heart, unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shame. But anyway, I, um, no, I, I just, I just, I'm like Jeremy. Uh, I'm really, I'm quite happy with the way things are. I feel that I can carry on. My mind is still being occupied. And I think it's important for everyone to enjoy the journey you're on right now and take it on board and set yourself some goals in life and have a bit of a plan of where you actually want to be and what is it you want to do long term and make the most out of life. I think that's really important. Uh, really, really well said, Frank. I was interested to read this morning that, uh, the news that um, the news will actually read on my phone that Google are investing in a new building in central London. So at least that's one technology company that sees that human interaction is going to be critical. Uh, and I, I think that is true. And I think, uh, you know, you mentioned about, you know, I've uh, I'm been enjoying having the young staff in the office. And I can give you some examples of where, and I think Jeremy mentioned this idea that, that sort of you, you kind of don't know where things are going to go, but you have to take, take advantage of them or, or, or enjoy the journey, let's say, as well as have a destination. And, you know, we've got this, uh, we had, um, in fact, this was on Thursday, this was yesterday, we had the guys in the office and uh, one of the young writers, we decided to have a beer after our 4.30 Zoom call. So half the agency's off-site and about half the agency's in, in, so there's about nine or ten of us in the office, I suppose, and the rest were off. Um, and um, it just just chewing the fat, talking rubbish, you know, drinking beer around the the breakout room. Were, were you having a we having a party? We were just having yeah, yeah. socially <laughs> having a party. Or, so many we were, we were having a, this was just, this. So <laughs> so one of the guys, one of the other copywriters, talked about um, how he'd made a film, a short <laughs> film, when he was at university. He's a science writer, and it was on YouTube. So of course we coerced him into. So we put this film up, and we all and we just totally enjoyed. So this this twenty minute short film that he made in film club at university. So that just suddenly sort of almost spontaneously take took us all into this. So now this young guy who's never really worked in advertising before and is busy writing leaflets and referencing stuff. Now, now it's a whole different ball game. Now he's really, you know, we all. Not only does he say he's interested in film making, but now he's, I don't know, just the energy changes, the dynamic changes, and that's because we're together. That just wouldn't have come up if we were having that. If you know, if we were all on the Zoom call, that was our togetherness that brought that together, brought that uh, about. But we are humans, aren't we? Though we 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 need human contact. We need to talk to people. But it's also the characters. You've got to remember, so when I, I remember you and Adrian, when we were all together at, at, at Pain and Waters, you know, you, you were very important assets of the agency, both of you, because of the way you both are. You know, you're very outgoing. You're very passionate about what you do in your own way. But not only that, and the benefit to Pain and Waters was at that time, that was a long time ago, but then at time is that you would excite the clients with your enthusiasm with your questions and they love what you did and those things were like gold dust they were absolutely gold dust never mind the modus operandi or 
what the vision of Painting Waters was or what we stood for or what we did. Never mind any of that. It was about the human contact, and that was the bread and butter. That actually, that retained clients. That retained clients all the time. Clients want to come back because they loved working with you as individuals. So it became more, you became, okay, you became the agency, but you kept, became individuals within the agency. And, and one of, yeah, but, the, but one of the big questions I've got at the moment, are individuals in, in a virtual world with Zoom and it, are they able to build those same relationships, this type of relationship that, that we did sort of 20 years ago? Or Because I think it still matters. It still matters, though, doesn't it? We, we haven't changed as human beings, have we? No, I think experienced people, I think, you know, us around this podcast can probably work very comfortably for the rest of our lives without seeing anybody. We have our infrastructures and we have our experiences and we have our skills. Um, I know that we've hired people who specifically, we have a, an office in central London. I, I know that we have specifically, not we haven't specifically, but they have come to us specifically because we have a central London office and that they want to get out of their, you know, out of their flats and their house shares because, because it's a, it's a, it's a thing, you know, in London, you can't afford a house. So you live in a house share. So, you know, you it's probably more COVID secure in my office with the big, with, you know, lots of space and windows open than it, than they are at home. They're enjoying it. It's funny, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that weird though? Because like we just, you just said that, and yet, and when you think about what you just said, you kind of think, "Fuck me, that's ridiculous." Well, that's the end of part one. Hit the subscribe button now and get notified of episode two as soon as it's launched. I must say, it's a really, really good one. You can hear that in part one. They're just getting warmed up. So our award show is open and don't miss out on the early bird deadline, which is the 11th of February. And as ever, if you do enjoy listening to these podcasts, please do give us a rating and a review. Until next time.